you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. Happy Friday, everyone. Are you listening to Evermore? Oh, it's not out Evermore yet. was announced? Oh, it's out last night. No, but night. it's out for them. It's I don't out for them. I want to talk about Taylor Swift. Like when we made this, she was a them, so I don't have to talk about Taylor Swift, you know? Let's talk about who's this is who's there your weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who then you guys had some Uh, concerns this week bobby is converting out of christianity for this for this error (laughs) i have to be involved in a holiday that does not involve santa or elves bobby 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 you sweet naive little nugget so i'm sure you're getting a lot of calls you have no idea what elf on the shelf is um, it's an elf that sits in your house until Christmas and reports back to Santa every night. And it is the best fucking thing that has ever happened to parents. I wouldn't expect you to know. You don't have kids. But um, before I had kids, I thought it was evil and I would never do it. But, oh, my God, now I want one year round. And I think I, I just made a billion-dollar idea. How do we do this? How do we make a year-round elf? Anyways, you need to correct that. Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get shit <laughs> for my Alexa, but you are putting an elf that tells on you to Santa and you want it in your house year mm-hmm. round? Talk about privacy issues. You're conditioning your children to being comfortable with being watched all the time. Being spied on by an elf. At least the Alexa <laughs> doesn't have like two eyeballs and a hat or whatever. It looks staring at you from the mantle or whatever. Yesterday, Alexa asked my name for the first time in a very long time. I mean, I've had an Alexa for a long time, but the only thing I use her for lately is like, Alexa's had a timer or like, Alexa, yeah. remind me to change the Brita in three months, which is literally the <laughs> main, the main thing I use Alexa for. Every three months, she's like, change the Brita. That's great, though. That's a great thing no, to use No, it's the Alexa best thing for, in the world. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. I mean, I've had her for like five years. But yesterday, well, I was like, Alexa, you, what's the weather? Yeah. Oh, she's spying on me all the time, yeah. which is the point, which is the point of the story. I said, Alexa, what's the temperature outside? And she was like, it's cold as shit. And then she goes, by the way. Would you mind telling me your name? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then Josh started laughing and I was like, this woman is out here pretending like she doesn't know my name. You know everything about me. I was going to say the fact that Alexa 
claimed that she didn't know her name your name is narc speak that's the elf being like oh what's your name and then like little billy's like (laughs) as if you haven't been sitting here for months hearing me me say my name looking at my bills that i'm signing looking at the mail going through the mail so elf on a shelf is a narc flat stanley's a world traveler there's a difference okay fine is flat stanley religious even or did you just fully make mix the two up I just confused the two children's gimmicks. Okay. Elf on a Shelf is also based on a book, apparently. It's also like peak capitalism because you buy the book and you buy the elf so that the elf can watch your kids, that the kid make sure that they behave well enough so that you can buy more stuff for them. The whole thing is like so nefarious. You hide them and they spy on your children and report back to Santa or whatever. The point of the matter was what the celebrities were doing was bad. And did you see the other update here? I'm not going to play the calls about this. By the way, guess how many calls we got about Elf on the Shelf? Guess. Guess. Over 50? In a day and a half. Over 50? 60 calls. <laughs> we deserve it. In a day and a half. We deserve it. It's so, fine. But we also got some calls because Cara Delevingne, I think I said like, Cara Delevingne, you notice, did not do an she elf on me thing. She did do one, did she? She did do one. She did do but one. But what was it? It was like the queen on Delevingne. Okay, interesting. I Somebody did call and said, I always knew it was pronounced Tara Reed because it was paradise, paradise, and Paradise, that's paradise, paradise doesn't work <laughs> as well. And that's a wonderful way to think about um, how to remember how to pronounce Tara Reed's name. It's always going to rhyme with paradise because she had that show on E briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I think Candace Bergen knows who Candace Cameron Bure is, or at least would recognize her because Full House was running at almost like the exact same time that Murphy Brown was originally running in the late 80s. And I just feel like she would have known about Full House and she probably would have recognized any given person that was in the cast of Full House because it was just like another big hit show that was on on a rival network at the same time. It's like, I just feel like Murphy Brown... Candace Bergen, CBS star, she's going to at least recognize, if not know the names of all of the ABC stars that were on Full House, if they were on the air at the same time. What do we think? Is that convincing? We got a lot of people calling with this particular theory. Yeah, well, a few people called with this and I loved it because it meant that you're thinking critically. And I was like, wow, (laughs) our listeners are really engaging with the material. Because no, this is something that I feel like we definitely Uh should have thought of, but we missed. It's such a dud at me now. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, and we've said this before, I think, when we thought about another kind of conundrum like this, but it really was like, if you're on TV at the same time as someone else and it's both huge TV shows, like we're talking like 1980s, 1990s must-see TV here. It's not like the landscape now where there's too much TV or just so much. Yeah. This was like there were only a few big shows, Full House and um, Candace Bergen show. If you're not watching Murphy Brown, you're watching The Wall, you Right, know? like, exactly. Right. It's like the Super Bowl. Everyone watched it. You just, you just had to. There's nothing else on TV. It was like, oh, she had a baby. I have an opinion, you know? Right. So if Candace Bergen was in any way engaged with whatever, she would have noticed the other huge TV show, Full House, and probably would have known the stars of Full House. Okay, I buy it. Makes sense. You convinced me. You know what? Maybe I am convinced. (laughs) Because she also would have known who Kirk Cameron is. She's she's sort of part of a dynasty, Candace Cameron Bure. Oh, right. Because she would have known who her... She would have known about her dumb brother, and her, her brother would have definitely known about... Maybe not. Actually, wait. What's your reasoning? I missed it. 
why would she know about Full House? Why would she know about the kids on Full House? Maybe she'd know Bob Saget, but would she know about Candace Cameron? But I feel like if she would know anyone, it's almost Candace Cameron because Candace Cameron was part of a larger TV dynasty. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The only thing that I'm still stuck on is that they're just so different in age that it's like, you know, I mean, she was like, Candace was practically a teenager when Candace Bergen was like at the peak of her kind of like TV career, you know? I'm not even convinced that Candace Bergen knows who Lucas Hedges is. And she was just in that movie with him. So I, I don't know. Which came out, I think it comes out today for the listeners. It's the Wait, 11th, what movie? Right? The one that looks really good, the Steven Soderbergh one where they're on the cruise and Meryl's like, I've oh, got writer's block. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not thinking of that as a Candace Bergen movie. But yes, from an angle, it is a Candace Bergen movie. She gets all the laughs in the trailer. I know. She, she always gets all the laughs. The all the laughs. Where's Tyler? He has a date. An older woman. <laughs> How much older? Like in her 80s? <laughs> We've been saying she is the breakout star of book club. Oh, we Everyone knew. is good in book club, we but knew. she is the breakout of the book breakout. club. But she does, she's not the breakout because she already broke out. It's just everyone's a star in that movie. It's hard everyone's to break out from book club. Okay, can we move on, please? <laughs> Next call. Next call. The breakout star of book club is whoever did the photoshops for all the photos of <laughs> yes, them. Yes, that's like, true. They're a Reading star. Fear of Flying. They're a star. Okay. They'll be working. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I was literally crying laughing at your uh, explanation of <laughs> time spent on the Go Piss Girl meme, which was truly the best thing to happen in all of 2020. And Lindsay, you said that if there was any celebrity who uh, enjoyed the Go Piss Girl meme, you would have to stand them and they would have to be your favorite forever. And I had to call because Hari Neff celebrated Incredible Who um and downtown icon definitely participated in the go piss girl meme um so Lindsay, i think you have no choice but to stand um crunch crunch leanne cuisine hari neff is one of those people who my mom like sat next to one of her parents at something and then like told me about it and was like oh do you know hari neff and i was like you know hari neff and then my mom was like yeah i met like her mom or like it was one of those like it's very hometown hero and Hari Neff is a hometown hero. So yeah, of course we have to stand. Of course. So wait, what is Hari Neff up to again? Well, she was she obviously models. That's her main gig. But she started acting. And she did like Assassination Nation, which was a trash film. But she was in it. And then I think she was acting a bit more. But I'm not quite sure what she's been in recently. Oh, she was also in that Duplass, Duplass, Duplass Brothers thing. Like Room 104 about the hotel room. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she's definitely trying to get an acting career going. And she's not bad at it. Hi, long time, long time. Um... I just had to pause who's there because I just, you're talking about Jonathan Bennett's career and how it's been like really consistent since Mean Girls um, and that he hasn't had to do anything embarrassing, but, um, and I'm so happy for him, happy for the engagement or whatever, but he definitely like a few years ago before he had his comeback was absolutely a soul cycle instructor. And I definitely went on the soul cycle website and read his like instructor bio. Um, that's that. Crunch, crunch. Hi, sorry, I just called about Jonathan Bennett being a soul cycle instructor, and then I Googled after I called, and it was flywheel. It wasn't soul cycle, it was flywheel, which is worse. Okay, bye. I'm French. As someone who does not do bike-related cardio, but knows people who do do bike-related cardio, I know that they take their hosts, their instructors, extremely seriously. They get very attached to them. Well, I was going to say, if we were a podcast that covered people 
below the rung that we do, which is already a pretty low rung, I have to say, uh, we mm -hmm. would be covering Soul Cycle and Peloton instructors because they have become this influencer breeding ground. So for Jonathan to join that team, and also like I know he's Flywheel and not this Soul Cycle, uh, which is I guess is a more impressive brand name, but I don't think it's easy to get those jobs. Like I think you have to audition just like you would, uh, you know, if you were trying to get on a sitcom. Like it's pretty difficult. And also whenever I do those classes, I'm always shocked that they're able to talk and motivate while they're doing the exercise. Like that to me is like the true talent, you know, I can barely speak when I'm exerting, you know? Yeah. People say like, oh, you should, when you're jogging or when you're running, you should be able to have a conversation. It's like, well, I've never been able to do that. So <laughs> best of luck to Jonathan Bennett because I, know. I don't know how that's done. I'm sure it took more effort for him to be a soul cycle instructor than it does for most of the acting gigs that he engages in. I'm sure it was harder for him to do a 60 minute class than it was to host the Roku New Year's, you know? I'm sure it's harder for him to maintain a high heart rate while pedaling and motivating a class of dozens than it was for him to say October 3rd. <laughs> you know? I do. I you do. Know? I do. I do. What is going on behind this wall? I don't know. Do I don't know not? what's ever going on behind any wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. My neighbors were fighting yesterday. Really? Ooh, they were you shouting, screaming. Yeah. Something must have happened. Like you could hear the words or you could just hear the... Oh, rah, rah, yeah. Rah, rah. Oh, yeah, the words. Oh, that's fun, oh, though. The words. I know. It was, like, it was like, oh, I took up my headphones. I was like, oh. That's like fun <laughs> if you can hear the words, not just noise. Questions, 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 questions. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crop. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You gotta be careful. Photos you gotta be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You gotta be a little bit careful. But you aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, um, Olivia Darian is on Red Table Talk. I, I can't possibly watch it, but I absolutely want to hear you discuss it. So I, I'm sure you will, but just can you say something? I, I need to know what's going on, but I don't want to watch it. 
confronts. Can you just say something? Just say. Just say something. I don't want to watch it. Just say something. I gotta say, like, you should watch it. At least the first 10 minutes. There are various things I agree and disagree with. And I think overall, they did like a decent job and a good job if you just count it as entertainment because it is entertaining. It is entertaining Mm -hmm. because there are so many different like elements at work here. First of all, there's there's an early drop of information that Olivia called them. So Olivia said, I want you guys to be my first interview. This is where I want to go. I want to mm-hmm. take myself to the Red Table, which kind of means things on many levels. What, I'm, what I love about it is it kind of shows that Red Table Talk has become like the Barbara Walters 2020 of exactly. news programs. People come here to honestly be absolved. Do damage control. And do damage control, which I think is great for them. It's a little bit sus because now you have to look at things a little bit of a side eye because if they're just going to be this place for people to come dump their shit and hopefully get a better reputation, that's a lot of yeah. bullshit. And the other thing that was really amazing is before she even comes to the table, um, Gam, aka Adrian, uh, Jada's mom and Willow's grandmother, it's like, I don't want to do this. She's like, hey, First of all, I do n- did not want to do this at all. I fought this tooth and nail. I have no interest in this girl, and I do not want to give her this platform of our table. Mm-hmm. Why are we three black women letting, letting this white woman come here and dump her shit on us, basically? She says, uh, we'll play a clip here, but she says something along those lines. You know, I, I fought it to, tooth and nail. I just found it really ironic that um, she chose three black women. Mm-hmm to reach out to for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, a white woman coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them. It's just, it's, it's bothersome to me on so many levels. Her being here is the epitome of white privilege to me. I mean, I guess the last time there was a Red Table Talk of this magnitude was when it was just Jada and Will because of the August Alsina stuff. But right. before that, it was Jordan Woods. and. Jordan Woods made sense, though. It was Because they had a connection. It was context. They said, we're going to bring our friend here They're, to they hear were her friends. side. Right. Right. Jada had known this girl for so much of her life, or this right. woman for so much of her life since she was a girl. And she said, I'm, I vouch for her, and I, I mm-hmm. know that she's a good person, and I feel like mm-hmm. I want to help her tell her side of the story. It didn't feel like this PR thing. Olivia called them, and the fact that that was mm. revealed so early not only sets the tone for everything that comes after it, but makes Adrian the best part of it. Mm-hmm. It was truly shocking. Like, we all watched it live over text. We all, you know, <laughs> synchronized our clicks at 12.01 p.m. yesterday. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, because it begins with the bang. It begins with Adrian being like, I didn't want this to happen. I was outvoted. Before she's even there. And then when she shows up, Adrian is not easy on her. And it's kind no. of this weird good cop, bad cop with Willow saying literally nothing at all. Willow sits there and goes, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Willow is not explicit <laughs> about this, but Willow behaves as though she she has the same problems Adrian has. Yes. Meanwhile, Jada's like, I understand. Right. I understand what right. privilege can do to your brain. Like Jada is being incredibly forgiving. There was a lot of sentiment in our talks about, oh, I'm really disappointed in Jada. I feel like she really kind mm-hmm. of like caved to the system. 
On the other hand, I thought about it a lot, and I think Jada is trying to keep the show alive. Jada is trying to mm-hmm. feed the show and knows that you have to also nurture the guest and give them kind of what they want a little bit if you want future guests like that. Does the show mm-hmm. want to go in that direction? I think Jada thinks so. Maybe Gam doesn't think so. Maybe that's kind mm-hmm. of the split here where that's something that they talk about behind the scenes. But clearly Jada and the producers of Powers Who Be won this round because they had her on the show ultimately. But I think it's like mm-hmm. one of those things where if you allow yourself to see those little cracks, it's a really interesting watch. But we're talking mostly about the Red Table women. We haven't even talked about Olivia Jade and her like kind of performance on this show. What did you think? She reveals it at the end. So we're just going to assume that some of you haven't watched this. Um, as we said, you should watch it. But at the end, she says, you know, I don't think I've ever done an interview before. <sighs> when she says that, they're like, ha 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 ha, like, oh my God. I know. I think that it's very clear that she's never done an interview before. She's surprised by the line of questioning sometimes. Sometimes, but she does have when she's able to readjust. I think she has a lot of things coming at her from different directions, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Red table, you got three women. You got to like, you got to, it's hard to focus, but she has the right answers but i'm not sure that she has digested what she is saying you know because there's so much talk about and i did appreciate her like quote-unquote realness which is probably all part of the media training in talking about how oh you know when this happened i did not give a shit i did not know why Mm -hmm. people were mad i didn't really understand what the problem was i thought everyone did this i like lived in a bubble and everyone does what what this is why are we getting in trouble for it what is the problem here and she Mm -hmm. says that i have to give her like a little prop for that because i feel like saying that is difficult and admitting that is difficult because it's like it doesn't make you look good doesn't make you look like a good person you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know the rest of it doesn't do her any favors she spent 2020 realizing things i don't doubt that realizing <laughs> things what is that is that kylie jenner like i truly have no doubts that right. this was a learning right. experience for her but as adrian repeats over and over again she's going to be okay why yeah. did we give her this platform she's fine which was the <laughs> the only lie that she told is sort of a lie of omission which is the reason behind this was absolutely to save her own brand was yeah. absolutely to save yeah. her own youtube channel yeah. so that she can re-emerge with some sort of like um successful apology behind her which makes me think like you should have done this on your channel do it on your own terms like don't put the burden on the smiths it's crazy because when i was watching this i was like you're a blogger by trade or whatever shouldn't you be better at this like you're not even <laughs> do you know what i mean like i watch a bunch of youtube bloggers well, and you know you they know it's would, all editing they would kill on this right so maybe without the without the quick cuts but i'm just saying that i went back to her channel for a sec just to remember and like she's not very good at this she's not very good at <laughs> vlogging she's not a very compelling vlogger i she just isn't Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of got blown out of proportion because that was what she was assigned when this all broke it's like oh she's this she's this big youtube vlogger it's like yeah i guess i mean i guess what i found like truly most interesting was that even gam's line of questioning is not do you understand what your parents did wrong do you understand what you did wrong because even gam it seems is can tell that Olivia understands what her parents did wrong and understands what she did wrong, that it took her some time to understand it, but she eventually does. Gam's focus is on the present. She's like, what are you doing 
here? How do you not see that right. even requesting to be on this show is a problem? And Olivia is not prepared to answer that particular right. question. Right. She's prepared to answer everything else. And she's Why actually like pretty competent at all of it. Right. When it gets down to that, she's like, you know what? I don't have a good answer. Uh, ultimately. I mean, we'll put we'll put clips throughout this. But it's like, it was uncomfortable. It's weird. Do you have any understanding of why I would be upset at at your being here and and what you all did? I would also love to hear it it from you because I feel like it's a good learning thing. I think I can understand how wrong it is. And we had the means to do something and we completely took it and ran with it. And it was something that was wrong. But it should be. And that's what's kind of great about it, too, is like you should watch her stumble. You watch her eyes kind of flicker when she doesn't quite know what to say or when she's actively trying to respectfully receive criticism, which I think is a really I think is a hard thing to do in general. But like you can tell there's some like realness there because it's not easy for her. And it's not like there are multiple takes here where she's like doing it better or doing it, you know what I mean? Or like getting a second Mm -hmm. chance at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of assume that the the conversation was longer than what we saw just by the nature of the way that show is probably produced. But there are still some really seemingly genuine moments where you have kind of tough questions being asked and answered that feel off script versus kind of like the Mm -hmm. script that she's giving a lot of the time, which you can tell has been maybe paid for some consultant Mm -hmm. to help her. I mean, it is hard because like Jada's entire vibe is, you know, learning to forgive. Forgiveness, forgiveness. talking through things. Right, and so it would yeah. be kind of against her whole thing if she agreed with her with her mother. It's hard to make exceptions, you know, when you say, mm-hmm. I am like this, this is the way that I believe, this is how I deal with people. You can't just say that and then be like, but this girl, no. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the hard thing. But I'm so grateful that the grandma is there to kind of be like, okay, but come on, take a look at what we're doing here. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous a little bit. I feel like Olivia deserves a space. Obviously you do because I fought it and guess what? (laughs) She gonna be sitting right there. That's what this table's about. This table's about growth. It's ridiculous, but also like if Olivia doesn't read the headlines, which I'm sure she will end up reading the headlines. Of course she does. There will be a way for Olivia to think this was without question the right move, the right decision. But if you dig into some headlines, like, I don't know, The View was pissed off at her. Like, Joy Behar was pissed off at her. Plenty of people were pissed off at her for doing this. Plenty of people took team. But damn. they would take her on their show in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, in they, a minute. Would, they would have they done would it. sign her up faster than you could blink your eye. You know, like, the thing is, is like, ultimately, it's a win for te- Red Table Talk. And I do think that they did a better job investigating her in this weird way than any of these other shows would have. So I applaud them for that. The view would have been chaos. The view would have been chaos. But not in a good way. No. Ultimately, what you missed was Olivia Jade telling you more or less what you already knew. I think the only big reveals, apart from her saying that she reached out to Red Table Talk, were that she hasn't talked to her parents in a long time. Well, like she hasn't spoken to them since they've been in prison. Well, because of the COVID, there's like a few because COVID, of the COVID quarantine stuff. stuff. So they're technically still in quarantine or at least one of them is. And so she can't visit. There's there's one sort of revealing moment. I'm not even sure if Olivia understood it as revealing. But when she says, I'm going to have to find the clip, but it's like. My mom really, for most of the time when I was applying to school, was in Canada shooting a movie. She was involved in my whole childhood, but when it came to that, she was like, Moss, you handle it, I'm out. Like, I'm right. going to work now because she, she put off so much work to raise us. Right. So she felt like she got us to an age where we can handle ourselves, and then she went back to 
working. Right. So she's saying Lori was in Canada filming when these college applications were happening. Massimo was doing most of it. That Massimo was really handling a lot of the thing. Is that true or not? I don't know. Is she trying to put off pressure from <laughs> yeah. Lori because Lori is the one with the reputation to lose? I don't know. Does, That's how it sounded. Right. Do we feel like this is something that she meant to say? Maybe. I don't. I kind of can't tell mm-hmm. in that way. And then she kind of says, somebody asked like, why USC? And the answer is really just they, her parents wanted them to stay near home. Like it was literally mm-hmm. like they just wanted them to be near them. In which case, community college, because most of them are open admission. You can just get in. So go there. You'll get good classes. No, I know. And then she says, I worked my ass off in high school, which I'm sorry, that's just not true. If you have to fake your entire application, it's not true. And also what's crazy is if she had worked her quote unquote ass off in high school, she would have gotten to USC no problem her parents no would, problem her parents would be big our big donors usc would have seen that tax bracket and let her in the idea that she wouldn't have gotten in without this means her grades must have been shit you know what i mean yes <laughs> i worked my ass off in high school i wasn't slacking in high school i feel like if you have two out of two which is wealth and influence and grades there's no question <laughs> right if you have wealth and influence and no grades there's a question and if you have grades and no wealth and, and influence, no wealth there's a, there's a question yeah you could still but not if you get have in. both yeah but if you have both it's I, I i just that was the part where i was like i don't believe that at all right that was the one time where i was like i think you're lying <laughs> but apart from that i don't think she was lying these colleges are just as corrupt as anything else they look at all aspects including mm-hmm. how much you can give them in donations like that's a big part of their business and so they're gonna look at that as well if she couldn't get in on that alone she must have had been not working so hard in high school is kind of like what we're trying to I work say my here. ass off and that was something that really stood out from this but I think we've kind of talked mm-hmm. about it enough. If you want to watch it, you should. If not, I think we you got the full rundown, you know? We can end with some headlines, some really funny headlines that have come out of this. Yeah. From Vanity Fair. I'm going to do Us Weekly last because that really killed me. Vanity Fair was aggregating Hollywood Reporter, I believe. Olivia Jade is reportedly about to have an even harder Christmas. Oh, oh they're God. aggregating oh people. My God. But these are all of people's headlines from this. <laughs> Olivia Jade Giannulli breaks her silence on the college admission scandal. Colon. We messed up. Jada Pinkett Smith's mom gets stern with Olivia J. Giannulli about white privilege. Colon, child, please. <laughs> People exclusive. This is the one that said she's about to have a hard Christmas. Olivia J. Giannulli is figuring out her own life over the holidays without her parents. And then Sophia Ritchie defends Olivia J. Giannulli after her oh, red table talk appearance. Okay. Colon, we are all human. Thanks, Sophia Ritchie. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then this Us Weekly headline from yesterday Olivia J. Giannulli's boyfriend, Jackson Guthy, <laughs> says he's, quote, proud of her after Red Table Talk interview. And that's all that matters. Us Weekly with the hard-hitting news, the hard-hitting <laughs> follow-up. Jackson Guthy Calling up is Jackson proud. Guthy. Who is Jackson Guthy? No, I don't want to say that because I don't want I'm to answer I'm not going to answer yeah, that question. I was like, I'm not no going to re- answer that question. There's no reason <laughs> to answer that question. That's all you need to know. Anyway, I'm going to end with just this one clip. I guess if there's one clip to take away from this episode of Red Table Talk. It's this one. So we're going to play this clip and then go on to the next call. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted with everything that we have to deal with as a community. And I just don't have the energy Mm -hmm. to put into the fact that you lost your endorsements. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, or you're not in school right now. Right. Because at the end of the day, 
you're going to be okay because your parents are going to go in and they're going to do their 60 days and they're going to pay their fine and you guys will go on and you'll be okay and you will live your life. Right. Yeah. And there's so many of us that it is not going to be that situation. Yeah. It just makes it very difficult right now for me to care. Right. I totally in understand this that. atmosphere that we are in right now. A year from now, I might feel differently. Mm-hmm. But right now, in the atmosphere that the world is in, mm-hmm. it's very difficult for me to feel compassionate about you. But I'm also, trying to. Right. And, it's, and I shouldn't say about you, mm-hmm. because I don't want you to take it um, that personally. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not really about you. But this is what I am glad, because what I am hearing from you is that there is an interest and a desire to learn and figure out where you fit in the world and what your role is to try to make a difference. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I just felt it was urgent to make you aware of a Lifetime tweet. It's for a movie called A Recipe for Seduction. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken with Mario Lopez playing Colonel Sanders. I I need to know if this is real. Is this a joke? Is this something I need to tune into? <laughs> uh, women don't belong in balloons. As much as I want to engage with the OMG of it all, I simply cannot because this is an advertisement and it is very clear that it's an advertisement. Is it a good advertisement? Yes, of course. Are you kidding? They could have done this without Lifetime. They could have done it, you know, whatever. They said, we're going to make a fake Lifetime movie and we're going to go all All in. in. We're going to partner with Lifetime. We're going to premiere it on Lifetime. We're going to get Mario Lopez, who is in a Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movie. I know it's called Feliz Feliz Navi Navi Dad. Dad. And Mm -hmm. Feliz Navi Dad. (laughs) Navi Dad, D-A-D, capitalized, where he plays a dad. Um. I just think a lot of people were really, uh, I guess they were delightfully hoodwinked into thinking that this was, quote, a real thing, which it is a real thing, but it's a mini movie, a.k.a. a commercial. That's what we call commercials. And I think this one is about 15 minutes long. It's like a 15 minute. 15 minute long commercial. So it's going to be in a commercial break on Lifetime or it's at noon. So it's probably going to be between two programs. So something else is probably going to start at 12.15. The Lifetime commercials at 12. It's just funny because like someone who wrote about this was like, this is 100% real and not at all fake. Babe, it's not real. No, it's it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. If you're saying, is it a real production and not just a trailer? Sure. But is it a real Lifetime movie? No, it is an advertisement. So, you know, don't get sucked in by these, these marketers. And if you want to watch it, then like watch it. But just know what it is, right? That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. I refuse to let them make Colonel Sanders sexy. Like, get out of here. You know, like, that's a figure we are not (laughs) touching. Lindsay, I hate to break it to you, but too late. (laughs) (laughs) Am I completely fucked up that, like, this may be the sexiest Mario Lopez has ever looked? (laughs) I was like, okay. Well, you know, as somebody who just steamed rolled through the Saved by the Bell remake, he's looking good. He's looking good. Actor Mario Lopez is better looking than host Mario Lopez because he's such a fucking ham when he's a host. It sort of like sucks the sexiness out of him. I'll just say, 
them getting Mario to play a young Colonel Sanders is quite the uh, shift from it's, the Colonel Sanders. They're really sliding something under the rug here. Because it's funny. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. It's funny. It's interesting. How? 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 How in the hell have we not discussed Wendy Williams' The Lifetime movie? How? This How is haven't we? way, I don't know, but this is way more interesting than anything having to do with Colonel Sanders or KFC because Wendy Williams Absolutely. is executive producing her own Lifetime movie. That's unprecedented, first of all. Unprecedented. Usually these are like unauthorized biographies. They kind of, uh, you know, aren't quite recognized by the star. Wendy's or the like, I'll family. do a pass of the script. No, Wendy's <laughs> like, if you're doing it, I'm writing it. You know, like that is how she feels. She even introduce the trailer on her show, which you can play a clip here. My biopic, Wendy Williams, the movie. That's what it's titled, by the way. A lot of people are suggesting titles. No, it's Wendy Williams, the movie. It premieres uh, January 30th on Lifetime. It's gonna be an evening event. It's gonna be the documentary for two hours, then the movie for two hours. I've seen the documentary, but because of quarantine and me just wanting to be excited because Darren is an award-winning uh, person in the movie business. I just, I, I haven't seen anything, including what you're about to see. Now, for me and you, we have the exclusive. Oh, and these are the actual actors. I'm not in this. The world exclusive premiere. Here's the trailer. Go! And it's and it's written by two TV writers. One is Lee Davenport, who is a writer on the show Boomerang, yeah. which was the remake of the Eddie Murphy movie. And then Scarlett Lacey, who was a writer on the a lot of shows like The Royals and Magnum P.I. So it's like you got real TV writers working on this. It's not just people who write Lifetime movies. No, it was directed by the guy who directed some episodes of The Chai and, you know, a few different TV shows. Some people from P-Valley are in it. Like yeah. there's an interesting collection of people involved in this. Yeah. So I think it's it looks like it'll be a step above like an unauthorized. I would say, though, usually when the person is involved, if it's a book or if it's any project, it's like less juicy because there's like not oh, of course. as much. But I do think that this somehow maintain a lot of the Wendy drama that maybe isn't so flattering. There's a lot of talk about in the trailer. It's like they mention drugs. They show her fainting. Like there is a lot of kind of that drama. I'm sure her ex-husband would be will think it's biased. But I do think it keeps a lot of the like less flattering <laughs> kind of Wendy stuff in here as well, even though she's involved, even though she's involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's having a good time with this. This is going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be fun. I'm down. I'm obviously down. Obviously down. Mm -hmm. Hi, Weekly. I know you probably already recorded Friday's episode, but just in case you haven't, um, I feel like we have to talk about Matthew Morrison being cast as the live action Grinch for TV. Like, I saw the ad and it's truly disturbing, but I just, what? Okay. Crunch, crunch. As much as we thought this didn't track, the reaction to Matthew Morrison getting cast as the Grinch kind of made me think he is the Grinch. Like, people hate him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe he is. Maybe that's a perfect cast. Like, he, he, people, he is a villain. People do not like Matthew Morrison. Zoomers hate him. Gen Z is like disgusted by him. 
I haven't told you this, Lindsay, but I know that you watched The Grinch live last night, or at least part of okay, it live, I... while I was busy watching The Flight Attendant. Yeah, um, which is fucking I watched great. Th- I watched three. I'm not so a binger. I watched good. three episodes of The Flight Attendant. I know, last and I'm night. so happy because you always say, it's I'm so going to save it. Good. I'm going to save it. But like, you got to be part of the conversation. You got to watch I know. Them. I want to be part of the conversation. Okay. Yeah. When The Undoing was airing, Bobby was like, I'm saving them to all watch together. And then he wasn't part of the conversation and nobody liked it. And now he can't watch it. Can't go back and watch it. Well, now I know I saved myself. Everyone's so mad about it. Yeah, but you would have had more fun. You would have had more fun. Okay, point is, you're saying that I admitted to you that I did turn on the Matthew Morrison Grinch. I made it through. And I watched it this morning. You, the whole thing? Oh, it was on Hulu. I watched the first 15 minutes and... Then I sort of sped it up to like 1.5x. And then I watched the end because I wanted to see I only got through 10 minutes. He shows up at minute 10. Because not to be rude, but this this musical has way more problems than Matthew Morrison, right? I mean, <laughs> Matthew It's Mor- a disaster. I had to look it up. So I didn't realize like- real? Like, the, I don't- How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a short animated special. Yeah, because I've it's seen It's a tight that. 30 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's under an hour. It's great. The animation is cute. Yeah. The songs, there aren't that many songs. The songs that are there are extremely good and catchy. This is a full-length musical. So they have to add in all these padding songs. And so the moment it started, I was like, I've never heard this before because I'd never heard it before. The Grinch was adapted into a full-length seasonal musical like 10 years ago or so. Okay. Is it a beloved musical? Are we like, do we stand? No. I was briefly delighted by the live musical aspect because I remember the glory days of the live musical. And I hope that we get more of those because, you, as you know, even though I don't love musicals, I love a live musical Mm -hmm. TV event. This one, I did not Mm -hmm. love. I did not love. Yeah. It plays in some theaters around the country. Mm. Mm. Every season, like every Christmas season, like from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And it even played on Broadway for a hot minute for a couple of years, just from November to December. Okay. But I I don't know that it's particularly well liked. I think it's just like, it relies a lot on IP. Like people saying like, sure, I'll take the kids to see this. It's cute. It's funny. It's like, but it's like very much for children. You know, like this is for kids. It's, it was tough to watch. I think this, we, we got to focus on Matthew Morrison. I just feel like it is more funny to me beside the the whole Grinch thing, like whatever. It is just so funny to me how much people dislike. I'm sorry. He's just like, Mm -hmm. like, like, I think it's because of Glee, like this Glee revival, like everybody re-watching Glee or watching Glee for the first time or whatever. It's very like these Glee actors. It's tough because they had to deal with it the first time around. And now in retrospect, it's like everyone is kind of like grown Matthew Morrison, you know, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. When Matthew Morrison pops up and he kind of does this introductory like I don't know how long he does it because, again, I turned it off soon after this first introduction. But when he introduces himself, he starts talking to the camera and he's like, I'm mean. Like, he hams it up and he's like, and I think your couch is ugly. And I hate all the who's down in Whoville beneath, especially you at home. Look at you. Stop grinning. We're not here to enjoy ourselves. I hate your couch. 
you could tell that he found his performance like particularly delicious. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like it's almost as if he has been red pilled on his own hatred. Like I think he loves that he's hated. I, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like this Grinch, like this casting, like became itself. Like he used the it emboldened. And then him. he said he told EW, "Oh, I'm looking at the Joker at at Joaquin Phoenix's <gasps> performance of the Joker." And it's like oh, you're red pilled <gasps> by the hatred of you, and you're pl- by the hatred the of Grinch. you. And honestly, you got to admit, maybe I'm doing a 360. I will never ever watch this thing again ever but uh it's compelling it is compelling it's perfect casting it's perfect it's just perfect casting it's perfect it's perfect they just like a cheesy guy it's like a, it's a portrait of like a fedora wearing acoustic guitar playing guy who always w- was mm-hmm. kind of like what he was okay but we wa- will never change Can we just before we move on boo boo stewart played the dog which was kind of Again, this was a children's musical, but he played the dog and I recognized him immediately, which was shocking for me because I'm like, oh, that's Boo Boo Stewart. <laughs> oh, it's Boo Boo Stewart, who is most recognizable from Twilight. He was in Twilight. He's a Twilight kid. Mm-hmm. and But since yeah. then, he's been doing a ton of stuff. Like I just saw him in the show that I Let always recommend. Oh. Well, he wasn't. Oh, he was so good in Let Him Go. But he's so Small good. Small role, great in Let Him he's Go. He's so good in... Um, Julian the Phantoms. He plays. Oh yeah, Julian the Phantoms. He plays a very yeah, yeah, cutie yeah. romantic interest. Very cutie romantic interest. Julian the Phantoms, iconic YA show that I really love. works just as well for thirty something. I know. Um. Well, he's so cute. He's so cute and likable. And then when he was in Never Let Him Go, um, or Let Him let, Go. Let him go. Sorry, not Never. Just Let Him Go, which actually is better than my title. It's Let Him Go. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that. And you're like, oh, this guy's like a fully. 360 rounded an actor. character, a talented guy. I think the thing that sort of took him over the edge after Twilight was The Descendants, which was that Disney franchise that was sort of like the children of villains. I know, which is so huge, but so beyond my understanding. So he was the child of Jafar in those Descendants movies. I love that he did a 10 fun facts for some website. Actually, I should probably... TV Overmind? Oh, no, it was just for Just Jared specifically. So he did this for Just Jared. Just Jared, it seems, reached out to Boo Boo and was like, please give me 10 fun facts. And he did not wax poetic about his fun facts. (laughs) He did not go the Us magazine route and just like go on and on and on and on. He gave 10 short sentences and i'm so proud of him i think that i'm i'm very impressed by this skill level here he had his 10 facts he gave them to them he clicked send and he forgot about it here are his 10 facts number one i have a horse and his name is rimrock number two i've been doing martial arts since i was three years old number three i love mountains and hiking number four when i was younger i used to take magic lessons number five i ran three marathons six i love cooking over fire seven my favorite band is boston that's weird <laughs> that's a weird eight, that's eight. weird again this is this guy's in his 20s yeah eight my favorite superheroes are blade and the crow nine i lived in a yurt for a year ten i'm afraid of roller coasters he composed the message he clicked send and he got it done i'm very i love that i gotta say my i didn't know people had boston as their favorite band this is the first i've ever seen of anyone having boston as their favorite band and gotta respect it i guess gotta respect it okay next call hi um real fast Bobby, is it Ryan Philippi or Ryan Felipe? Is he Italian? Crunch, crunch. <laughs> is crunch, he crunch. Italian? <laughs> According to this website that did like an insane genealogy of Ryan, he is 
not Italian on any side. He never, his family never hit Italy. He's very English. He's very German. He's German on the way back. He's got some, there's some Pennsylvania people. There's some German. There's some English, but he is not Italian. And peep, his last name is traced back to Philippi. So uh, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-I-P-P-I for all of the genealogy heads out there. It traces back to his great, 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 great grandfather, Johannes Adam Philippi, just with an I. Not Philippe. And when you listen to interviews with him, watch interviews with him, everyone says Philippe. So it's Philippe. That's what it is. Instead of Philippe. Yeah. And why we took this call was because not to talk about more TV. This is a really TV heavy episode, but that's fine. You know what? At least it's not Netflix heavy. At least it's not Netflix heavy. (laughs) It's very TV heavy. But what's cracking me up about this is thank God for our friend Shawnee, who told us, have you heard about the new ryan Philippi show and i'm like yeah i keep saying ads for it it's david e kelly right i don't think i want to watch it but this guy's all over the ads he is front and center he is selling this show she goes well you got to watch the first episode and i'm gonna ruin it right now so you better skip forward if you don't want to hear the end if you don't want to hear what happens in the first episode of big sky I promise you, I don't think it'll make a skip difference. Skip a minute. But skip a full, skip a full <laughs> minute because I'm about to fucking spoil the hell out of it because it's fascinating. So in mm-hmm. the first episode of this show that is about like, I don't know, sex trafficking, which is, again, heavy, heavy topics here. Ryan plays like a cop or a detective. He's a private investigator. And at the end of the episode, he fucking dies. He gets killed. And Ryan is now off the show. Isn't that crazy? He spent... They spent weeks throwing this guy in our face for to have him die on the first episode. Pretty iconic. And the point is, is that they interviewed him and E.T. and I was cracking up because they're like, OK, did you know you were going to die in the first episode? And he's like, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did know. And then they said, did you try to pitch yourself out of dying? And he goes, uh, great question, but I'm actually busy. No. It was a short time commitment. I had other projects. I leave for a movie in Utah on Tuesday. And later this year, we're doing the MacGruber TV series for Peacock. And so he knew he was going to die in the first episode. But it's just crazy to me that ABC was like, we're going to sell this movie on Ryan and then kill him in the first episode. Smart. Genius. That's it's so smart. Funny. It's like, you know, these network TV channels have to compete with the HBOs and all the Netflixes and like have intense programming. And like, how do you do it? You kill off your star in the first episode. When I saw them promoting this show, I was like, Ryan Phillippe is like kind of problematic. Like, it's weird that they're letting him like carry this show. And then they killed him. And I was like, oh, interesting. But he had some shady shit going on relatively recently with an ex-girlfriend. There were like abuse allegations and stuff like that. And I think he kind of ended up burying them because not a lot of people seem to know or care. But that's why I was like kind of surprised. I was like, they gave him his old, own like primetime NBC show where he doesn't play like a firefighter. Because usually like that's the kind of role mm-hmm. that he gets now is like Chicago Fire, Chicago P. Yeah. P- or whatever it's gross it sort of went away but not far enough away that he didn't get a job on big sky but well luckily to big sky's credit they killed him off okay <laughs> <laughs> look who's not getting the recurring role salary that's so true. that's cool and shout out to david e kelly for uh changing up the script since his last 12 shows or whatever have done the same fucking thing each time i'm sure michelle pfeiffer is very proud of him <laughs> 
it's wild that we dealt with him in the 90s and now he's back. I just, I'm like, remember Ali McBeal? Wow, incredible. Does Michelle not want to do television? Right. That must be what it is. How could your husband be David E. Kelly, a, a man She must who, really not want to do it. Who could sell a show with a single sentence at any network he walked into. Right. Like, she must be like, sweetie, television's not for me. Well, she keeps it's doing, be she's doing it movies. It's not like she's not working. She's doing movies. She just did it. She just dropped. Television's a bigger commitment. She just uh, dropped a trailer for a surreal comedy called French Exit with Lucas Hedges. So she's doing big movies. She just Which apparently isn't does good. not want that. She sees Nicole Kidman. She goes, I don't want that. I don't want that. You heard it's not good. It's based on a book by the guy who wrote The Sisters Brothers. Did you read or see that movie? Yeah, I, I think I liked it. I read the book. It. Or did and I hate that it? That book and movie are great. Yeah. But that book is not great. And apparently that movie is not great. Okay. So well. her Instagram has been wild lately, right? Have you seen her Instagram? No. Look at this. Like, re- you have to wait. Let me send you one of her recent Instagrams. She's she's funny. Okay, here's one where she's showing off her wig from French Exit. Okay. Here's this. Okay, and then. I do think it's kind of a bummer if Michelle Pfeiffer is out here starring in decent movies when her husband is making these TV shows that everybody's watching. Like, be on the fucking TV show, Michelle. I get it. But what if Michelle was in The Undoing? Because Nicole was already in Big Little Lies. Give Michelle The Undoing. Every time Nicole Kidman is in a David E. Kelly show, I wonder if Michelle had the chance and said no. She probably did. She probably did. That's a cute photo of her. It's a cute photo. Look at her little redhead. She's obsessed with selfies. And she loves doing her like pouty lip pose. And this one says, bath time, happy Sunday, heart. And if you look closely, there's a candle and a bathtub behind her. And there's like dim, 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 dim lighting. Yeah. No, I think she's, let's get her in a, let's get her in a David E. Kelly TV show. She can do it. She doesn't want to do it. I know. She doesn't want to do it. David, David, I don't want to. David. David, stop asking me. David. I don't want to be in Big Sky. (laughs) Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I used Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, you weekly. Long time, long time. I am watching a million little things on Hulu and I was stalking Ramon Malco because I was like, dang, I forgot how much I really loved him. And I saw 
picture of him and his ex-wife, and I was like, wow, she really looks like Mandy Moore. Actually, she kind of looks a little bit more like Jessica Alba. And upon further investigation, I found out that his ex-wife in real life is actually Jessica Alba's stunt double. And I was like, wait, what? Anyway, crunch, crunch. Love ya, bye. I live for this type of realization. This is incredible. incredible. Romany Malco, who I love from Weeds back in the day. That's like how I know of him. But he's in This Is Us. He's making, he's making that This Is Us money. 40-Year-Old Virgin, I think, was his breakout. Right. But he's in so much stuff. And we've talked about him before. But this is just such a great thing. This is his ex-wife, whose name is Taryn Daka, who is a Canadian model, a pro figure skater. And she looks just like Jessica Alba. So she's literally your stunt double. <laughs> She's done her stunt doubling in Fantastic, The Rise of Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, the other one, uh, and The Eye. I don't know what that is. Oh, the horror movie. The horror movie, The Eye. But this woman and their best friends, apparently. They look just alike. They really do look alike. She does all of the human testing for The Honest Company. (laughs) No! Before Jessica Alba lets a soap to market. Yeah. They put this woman in a diaper and they say, please test this out. Taryn Daka washing her hands with potentially carcinogenic soap, but she does it anyway because she, she signed up trusts for this Jessica life. Alba. Yeah, she, and she, she signed, signed up, up for, this, for life. this life. She signed up for this life. It's also funny because The photos they, of them together are so funny. They're so funny because they really do look alike. They really do look alike. They met... She looks like Jessica Alba if I like close my eyes. I just woke up. I'm like, good morning. Is that Jessica Alba? It's not. It's her stunt double, mm-hmm. you know? You know she looks like if also if you if you squint Dasha Polenko. Oh yeah, from from Orange is the New Black, definitely. But it's just the specific photo, I think maybe. Yeah. Um, she, they met on the set of The Glove Guru in two thousand. The Love. <laughs> one Guru. of the worst movies of all Notoriously time. Notoriously one of the worst movies ever made, the Mike Myers movie. Yeah. I cannot believe they met on the set of The Love Guru. Of course, of course. She was a stand-in. The other funny thing about The Love Guru is, I guess. Most of the photos of Romney and Taryn together are from that movie premiere because he was also in that. Yeah. And so there's like splits. It's like the split image between the two of them is always like with Mike Myers as the love guru behind them. It's like, wow, that's so cursed. That's so cursed. That's so cursed. There isn't like a ton to say about this aside from just like this fun fact. Like they're really like mm-hmm. they're not even married anymore. It's just like Romany Malco's ex-wife is Jessica Alba's stunt double. Hey guys, um, just thought you should know that Tina Turner only follows six people on Instagram, and one of them is Cheryl Cole. Crunch, crunch. Call of the day. Call of the day. I'm so grateful for this call. It sent me through such a journey, such a thought process, such a thought experiment. I got, we got all of our friends. It was involved. your whole Wednesday. I texted, I texted the beloved DJ Louie. I said, "What do you think about this? This is a, this is a brain, this is a tongue twister. It's, it's a, it's what do you call it for your brain? It's, it's a brain teaser. It's a brain teaser. It's a brain teaser. Why does Tina Turner follow six people on Instagram? One of them is Cheryl Cole. Tina Turner follows. Ready for the list? Number one, Cheryl Cole. Number two, Beyonce. Number three, Adrian Warren, who is the star of the Tina Turner musical. Then she follows mm-hmm. Tina the musical, the account, the official account. Then she follows Rhino Records and she follows Parlophone, her her labels. Um, so that is it. That's the entire list of people that she follows. Why does Tina Turner follow Cheryl Cole? 
Okay. This One sh- of these things is not like the other. One of these things is so not like the other. It may as well be on a different planet. In case you're not British, Cheryl Cole is the pop singer who was in a girl group. Then she went solo. She became just Cheryl. She's been Cheryl Tweedy. She's been Cheryl Cole. She kept Cole. She had a baby with the guy from One Direction. And she's kind of a she legend. She named it Bear. And she's kind of a legend. And Fight for This Love is a bop. girl group she was in i always forget it's a girls allowed it's girls allowed for sure they were a bit yes. they were a huge I don't even deal. Have to check you're a huge deal i don't even have to check it's girls allowed okay and the twist of this all we're not even done yet is that cheryl does not follow tina turner back <laughs> if tina turner followed me on instagram i'm following her back are you fucking kidding me do you think cheryl even knows or do you think cheryl is looking at that follow like i don't like her i don't respect her I think she's simply the worst. Well, it makes no sense. So, okay, when I went digging for, like, why this happened, I was thinking, we searched both of their names. Your gut. Well, we'll get to my gut in a second. The first thing I did was we searched the both of their names together. The only time their names come up in any type of, like, making sense, that's not nonsense, is this (sighs) this mirror article where it's about Cheryl keeping her married name and going solo. And it says, Cheryl has decided her married name will stay. She feels the most successful period of her career has been under the name Cole. She's established in Europe. Going back to her maiden name, Tweety, would be confusing. It also shows she's bigger than Ashley. I guess that's her ex. And prepared to be grown up and about a difficult time in her life. She is a fan of Tina Turner. Tina was divorced during her career, but decided to stick with her married name because of how it was she was best known. That reminds me of, to go back to a recent topic, Niecy Nash, who right. married a Nash a long time ago. Right. And they divorced a long time ago. But it's like, that's how I got famous. And Susan Sarandon, famously. Susan Sarandon, yeah. Okay. But the point is, is that this connection is not a reason why Tina Turner would follow Cheryl. Tina Turner's not out here reading these mirror articles and following Cheryl Cole. It just makes no sense. It doesn't, it does not track. And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think that Tina started this Instagram to promote the musical because if you think about it, it showed, it's rather recent. I don't think she uses it that much and it follows everything to do with the musical plus Beyonce and then for some reason, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl, (laughs) Cheryl Cole. Okay. My gut instinct, and Bobby can attest, I said this immediately and then had to kind of work back towards it, but I now think that it is the final answer, okay? Here's what I think happened. Tina Turner is really good friends with Cher, okay? Not just like, oh, they're both like, you know, in the same realm, but I think they genuinely like each other. Tina posted uh, in 2018, she posted the Divas Live flashback, and it was just a picture of her and Cher hugging and singing. I think Tina... Turner or whoever runs this Instagram typed in Cher to follow Cher. And even though Mm -hmm. Cher comes Mm -hmm. up before Cheryl, for some reason, followed Cheryl Cole instead. What do you I believe it? What do you think? So whenever you do the 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 testing on this, yeah. When you type in Cher, yeah, Cher shows up first. Right. So if you typed in C-H-E-R. Yeah. You would get Cher. Cheryl Cole is not number one. I was like, maybe Cheryl Cole is more weighted. I, I, I mean, that's a weird alternate universe, but like maybe I could see it happening. You never know how an algorithm is going to work, but no. I tested it under both accounts. When you search Cher, you get Cher. But it is extremely easy to tap the wrong thing on Instagram. There really is no other explanation for this. 
and they have been friends for over 50 years. They were literally on television together in the 60s. Like, you, they've known each other for so long, it doesn't make sense that it would be any other explanation. I just feel like it's hard to test because the search is kind of like, I don't think it's standard for every user. You know, yeah. like when you type in, yeah. like people come up that you follow or have followed. I do it under who and my personal and share came up first both times. But also like the who weekly account and my own personal account are probably very similar with regards to like what the algorithm expects. Like I tur- I typed in Tina and Tina Turner doesn't even come up. Tanache comes up before. I take back that Tina's not active on Instagram. She's actually quite active. But I don't think this is her because she's posting like you know, excerpts from her book and video, like really kind of complicated stuff. She's not posting like selfies. She's posting Photoshopped stuff. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's not posting stuff. like, here's me, Michelle Pfeiffer taking a bath. She's like, oh, this is something that, you know, an actual social media pro right, did. Right. But when she launched this Instagram, sorry, I'm going back to the beginning. I'm pretty sure she launched it to do press for the Tina Turner musical. Yeah. I think that that's why they that quote unquote happens, forced yeah. her. So she launched this in... 2017. Remember when I wrote that Nancy Myers thing and yeah. it was about the Nancy Myers Instagram account? Yes. I don't even remember why I did it. Yeah. But like the 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 whole idea was that, you know, what had probably happened, like in the thing that I wrote, I was like, it looks like something that was done to promote a movie, aka the intern. And then she just sort of she did it because the studio asked her to do it. And then she was like, you know what, I think this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep posting. Mm-hmm. Nancy DM'd me afterwards and was like, you weren't too far off with your speculation. <gasps> See? Like, I Love I that. think that this is one of those things where it's like, these things are started as promotion and maybe the celebrity will get into it. Maybe the celebrity won't get into it. I don't think Tina got into it. <laughs> I don't think Tina got into it. She didn't. I think, though, what happened is, and I'm, I'm again, I'm looking at the beginning of this Instagram. The second post was her and Beyonce. I think she followed Beyonce then because the second <laughs> post of all her instagram is remembering the 2008 grammys where she performed with beyonce an amazing performance by the way um and i think it progressed there and then she gets to where she posts with share which is a little bit later we uh-huh. can't tell when she followed everyone we can't tell the order or yeah, the date yeah. but eventually in 2018 she posts a diva a, a diva's throwback a year later and i think that's when she followed share the only wrinkle in my theory is that in this post, she tags Cher correctly. So yeah, I don't quite know, know how this Cher got tagged and that followed incorrectly. So I'd love to know if anyone has any insider information about this. Uh, was it a slip of the finger? Is Tina secretly a Cheryl Cole fan? The other thing that's important to note, the last thing we can say before we move on, another, another point in Lindsay's favor, <laughs> Cheryl official does not post much. So it's not like you're constantly seeing Cheryl and Bear on your feed if you are Tina Turner, social media manager. You're not being reminded that that you you follow follow Cheryl Cheryl official. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I don't think that any, I don't, I don't think that anyone, Tina, whether it be Tina, whether it be uh, the social media manager, I don't think anyone's looking at this feed. No one's looking at who they follow. The follow list is for show. And let me tell you, something is amiss. But, uh, you know, prove me wrong. Call me, use an assumed name, and tell me that you meant, if you were the social media, Tina social media manager, tell me you meant to follow Miss Cole. We're going to get a call from Tina Turner that explains exactly why she loves Cheryl Cole. <laughs> How dare you question my love for Cheryl Cole? And also, I want to know why Cheryl Cole doesn't follow Tina. She follows Tinashe. She does not follow Tina. <laughs> 
Uh, before we before we play a quick game of Who Are Them, I'm gonna play if I can find it my favorite Tina Turner performance, which is in a a commercial for pantyhose. No. Yes. <laughs> Remember that commercial that used to be on TV all the time no. when we were growing up? It was like resilience. It was called resilience. Or like Haynes resilience. Here we go. Yes. Oh my God. Listen. Imagine like Tina Turner's legs left and right in this video. All you've heard about me is true. Every time I think of you, <laughs> I always catch my breath. And I'm still standing here. Miles away, and I'm wondering why you left. I don't put limits on my life. <laughs> and there's a <laughs> I, love, I love this so the much. The talking? I do remember this so well. I stand up for myself. I'm resilient. I'm resilient. This is incredible. Don't you occasionally miss the monoculture? Pain's resilience. It's all about strength and beauty. <laughs> Tina Turner aligning herself not only with the brand resilience, but the very concept of resilience, of being resilient. This is advertising. This is incredible. Brilliant advertising. That commercial for the people who were born after this commercial came out, which again, you took an audience survey. We know a lot of you were born after this commercial came out. <laughs> That commercial was on all the time in 1997 and 1998. Also, guarantee you, I had never heard this song until this commercial and then became obsessed with oh, it. Oh, same. Never had heard of same. it. Did never heard it. Didn't know. Knew who Tina was, but did not know this commercial. <laughs> and again, that commercial, you can't see it because this is a podcast. Oh. The concept is, what if we just filmed Tina Turner's legs as she walks around? On a movie set. Well, what if we said, oh, it's Tina Turner. She's behind the scenes. That's the scene. And she's just stomping around in her little heels and her little legs in little puddles. Little puddles. And we're seeing on how a dolly track. gorgeous her legs are. Because, again, she's known for her legs. Or partially, I mean, mm -hmm. aside from being a performer. And Pains is a perfect partnership. This is advertising at its finest. <laughs> It's unbelievable. unbelievable. This and KFC, this is an advertising podcast. Let's play Who Are Them. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Who Are Them, Dionne Warwick. Um, I, I kind of thought she was a them because I feel like she's just pretty famous. She's been around for a long time, but she's being very hooey on Twitter lately. Um, she was on Masked Singer which I feel like is who we, so if you could talk about her, that'd be great. Women don't belong in balloons. Just a quick thing. Dion was on Mass Singer and didn't really have the, the, people were not really talking about her. It's when she started tweeting, mm -hmm. like, you know, hardcore tweet, tweeting a lot is when mm -hmm. people started talking about Dionne Warwick. And first of all, I think there's no question here. Dionne Warwick is a them. Like, you do not get to have the career she had for as long as she had it. And like, oh, yeah, Dionne hasn't had, like, a new era in a, in a while. This is the era, baby. Tweeting is the new era. There's certain personalities that are so famous that they, like, don't go away. Speaking of, Cher, speaking of, Tina Turner. You know, like, they don't go away. Dionne's one of them. I think the question here is, is tweeting the way Dionne is tweeting who we behavior or the me behavior. It's who we behavior. 
but like plenty of them do it. Like Chrissy Teigen does that. Chrissy Teigen, queen I know, of like and I still funny think tweeting. It's who we behavior? People are talking about it. She's getting written about in tabloids because of tweets. She's starting fights the with tw- Wendy Williams or continuing them. Wendy Williams was like. <laughs> I mean, it's just so funny because like Wendy was talking. She's about, about her to turn eighty on the show, and when the question really is, is she tweeting? Like that's what everyone keeps saying. It's mm-hmm. like, what social yes. media manager is doing this? And it's like, I think it's her she daughter. She releases a video. Her niece, it's her niece is doing it with her. She's helping her, and I think it's like yes. the answer to the question is it's kind of a mix of two. She made a video that was like, don't you know? I'm do like I see what people are saying that I'm not doing this. I'm doing this. It's me, and it's like it's. It's probably you, and it's also probably your niece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she says, you know, it was her niece's idea, essentially. I'll play the clip here. Well, hello. And this is for all of you tweeters who have decided that I'm not tweeting my own stuff to you. I want you to know I am, and I'm getting very, very, very good at it. You see, I have a wonderful niece. Her name is Brittany. And she said, Aunt Dion... You'll have a lot of fun if you get on this with me. I said, okay, teach me how to do it. And she did, and I am doing it. So that should quell all of you naysayers. And if it doesn't, deal with it. I'm sure Dion gets final say. I'm sure some of the stuff is like Dion wants to tweet about a topic and the niece writes a draft and runs it through Dion and Dion gives final call. You know, like I'm sure it's some combination of the two of them working together. But yeah. Dion has made it clear that she is involved. This is not, she's not like a vegetable in, uh, on the couch somewhere while her niece has full control over her phone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. But it's very like, you know, you need someone who's in the know to participate in the conversation like that. Like, you just have to be someone who is, who's online a little more <laughs> yeah. than I would assume Dion is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the point is, Wendy talked about Dion tweeting on her episode. And when Wendy brought it up, she very rudely brought up the fact that Dion Warwick was arrested like 20 years ago almost for like trying to get some joints on a plane or off a plane or something. And they were hidden in her lipstick too. I know. And it's so funny because it's the most Wendy thing to remember these specific details of Dion Dion Warwick's uh, joint smuggling or whatever this was. It's It's just so funny to me. She's got like truly the encyclopedic memory for like must, such garbage yeah. you know <laughs> the official the official stand of the who weekly podcast is legalize it and get anyone out of prison who's in prison oh, for it obviously. so like it's no just shade so, to dion warwick no. for smoking a it's joint. more just funny because it's just it's just something that wendy would it's something wendy would bring exactly up, of course yeah and so she brings it up shadily she's like i know it's legal in new jersey now but it wasn't then yeah, and like yeah, we all yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, this yeah. happened and dion we is don't like, all remember that this happened we don't dion tweets back at wendy <laughs> and it's actually like <laughs> it's funny it's sort of like it's a combination of like Dion that's not how it works but also like I fully get you a friend alerted me that Wendy Williams which is shade in and of itself that a friend alerted me she does not follow Wendy Williams a friend alerted me that Wendy Williams was spending a lot of not nice time speaking on me I tuned into her show to catch the last few minutes of her speaking about me and as in the past she seems to not be able to speak without maliciously made comments my hope is my name will refrain from being spoken or thought of by her as this conversation was held a few years ago letting her know there was nor would be any need for her to say the name Dion Warwick for any reason I don't believe one has to be mean to get noticed and that those two tweets read to me like the niece was transcribing truly transcribing Dion's like we're doing this word for word and the niece is like we only have this many characters and Dion's like we're doing this word for thread it thread Thread it thread Thread it it. anyway that's what happened she also tweeted there's an old saying you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar try it Wendy you might like it clown face emoji and then a smiley face I gotta say 
the clown face is definitely from the measles. It is nice, though, because I feel like unlike it's not like this surprising new person or this surprising new character people who have followed Dion and like know her personality and like love her Mm -hmm. are like oh this is cute because this really does sound a lot like her even if the format is like oh god would she be tweeting the tweets themselves do seem like they belong to the character personality so I I do think it's not like oh we don't believe that Dion is out here doing this like to compare it let's let's just mention quickly hello my gay boys that was like a full like who is this person you know what I mean like who is this person (laughs) notice she has hasn't tweeted mm-hmm. for a long time but dion it feels it does still feel authentic even though we're a little bit like sus at the technology use you know notice that she hasn't tweeted since she was revealed to be the type of person who wanted their gay boys to be locked up and denied the privileges that yeah. straight people have mm-hmm. let's move on to the next two of them hi Lindsay, bobby uh long time long time uh i was watching the prom and big mouth all this weekend and just wondering, is Andrew Rannells a who or a them? I think he's for sure a Broadway them, and he's probably a New York them because 75% of his body is plastered all over the streets of the Book of Mormon uh, posters and such. But uh, is he a household name? I don't know. Uh, Me and Greece. This is hard for me. Because I have my, because like it's hard, like it's just hard to take away my own kind of. He's definitely a them, a theater them for sure. Let's we're, uh, one, two, three. Who? Who? <laughs> I think it's a who. I think it's a who. I don't. I don't think Andrew Reynolds is a them. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> you been talking so much. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like. His biggest theater role, at least, was the Book of Mormon, right? And he, which is huge, that was which is huge, one of the biggest, a huge deal. But I feel like Josh Gad got more famous off Book of Mormon than Andrew Rannells, right? Uh, in terms of name recognition, without a doubt, right? And also, Andrew Rannells didn't voice a snowman in one of the most he successful not, Disney franchises he did of all time. Not voice a snowman. He just voiced like really angry he gay people not. over and over again. Okay, stop. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I really like him. I just, I don't. I know. like him too. Yeah, I and, think he's good. Uh, do I? Think, I used to not like do him. Do I think people mix him up with Jonathan Groff sometimes? Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that? Uh, uh, Am I wrong? Understandable. I do too. Also, I think they mix was... him up with any number of people. Yeah, yeah. He's a who. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, theater them. Easy theater them. Yeah. But he's a who. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. <laughs> okay. Hi. Um. Not first time caller. Call all the time. I'm fucking insane. Um. Just your <laughs> Gen Z perspective. Uh. I'm really zooted right now. <laughs> But I <laughs> I had the most embarrassing, but I also feel like you guys are going to appreciate <laughs> I'm an idiot. So I'm, I'm going to send something to you. Um, it's a TikTok that I made. Oh, this is getting so painfully Gen Z. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay, um, I'm going to send you a TikTok that I made. Um, but... The basis of all of this is is Sinbad, a who or a them. (laughs) Oh my god. Grinch, Grinch. What is going on in this call? Like, she said she was zooted. But, like, she took her like 30 minutes to get to like the question. Do you say, 
The basis of this is a TikTok that's never explained. She just says, they just say, is Sinbad a who were them? Yeah. And it took literally 60 seconds to get there. Is Sinbad a who were them? One, two, three. Them? them. And I honestly, this is sad. And I think he's doing okay. But he had a stroke in November. He had a stroke recently. And it got a yeah. lot of play. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were concerned. And it kind of, that is shaping my my opinion. But I think he's okay. I think he's okay. But this, that happened at the end of November. I checked earlier. There's no, there's no bad there's news. There's no bad news. I guess there's is no where it is news. now. There's no but, bad news. You know, he's a he's a mononymous man. Mononymous. He was in everything from like the yeah. mid '80s True. to the late '90s. True. He was. True. He was the funny guy to throw in something, True. and he was always funny. <laughs> he was always personally in the in the Finger household. We had an affinity for the movie House Guest. Oh, with everyone Will Hartman did. And Sinbad. Are you we kidding? watched House Guest all the time. Everyone um, did. That was a Love the movie, movie. House Guest. Yeah. Uh, one of the first concerts I ever went to was actually seeing Sinbad live no. because I loved House Guest no, so much. No, it wasn't. My sister, I think, was it was my sister was in college, no. and I was still living in San Antonio, and she was in Austin, and she saw that Sinbad was coming to the Austin Rodeo to perform. And she got us tickets That's as so a surprise. Nice. And I was like, that was so That's fun. And we so saw nice. Sinbad because she knew I loved Sinbad. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a comedian. Because actually. she knew I loved Sinbad. Do you know what his real name is? No. David Atkins. Oh, <laughs> so boring. He gave himself the name Sinbad because he likes the character Sinbad the Sailor. That's, the, that's, that's it. That's why he gave himself the name Sinbad. <laughs> Amazing. Was, is Sinbad the Sailor or who were them? Sinbad? Who, he's a them, I think. He's a them. He's a them. We if all know Sinbad's the story of Sinbad. a them, then I think the sailor of Sinbad is a them, too. We all know the story of Sinbad. We do, I guess. Okay, I think we're done. We've been doing this for way too long. It's like, do I want to do Who Are Them, Lizzie Borden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. We can leave it for another time. The call is so cute, though. We got to play it next time. Okay, so next week you'll find out if Lizzie Borden is a Who Are Them. But until then... Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Keep listening after the credits because let me tell you something. We got a lot of zooted calls this week. We got some zooted calls. And they're great. We love them. We love a zooted call. Zooted is such a funny word. <laughs> well, zooted zooted has been on my mind since that really funny tweet about Martha Stewart's Instagram where she's in the vest and it says she's so zooted. <laughs> she's in the vest. The Shout vest out to whoever sleeves. tweeted that. She's in a puffy vest with sleeves. She's in a puffy vest with sleeves. Holding her CBDs. Thank you for listening. If you want more zooted calls, support our Patreon. Patreon.com slash who weekly. Uh we have another call in show. We have another call online. We do commentaries. We do other bantery shows. Uh Rate reviews on Apple Podcasts. We love your ratings. We love your reviews. So much fun to read. We do. And we do. Again, six one nine. Who them? If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, never call about up on the shelf again. Never call about up on the shelf again. If you are Tina Turner, call all the time. Bye. <laughs> oh my God! If you're Tina Turner or Tina Turner social media person, call us, please. Call us. Bye. Bye. Hey. I worked my ass off in high school. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, it's me, uh, Kevin Costello, the writer of Tom and Jerry, the movie, uh, 2021 film. And I did want to call and correct you because you left me this um, small opening uh, for correction purposes about the premise of, of my movie. Um Tom is actually in cahoots with Chloe Grace Moretz to try and get Jerry out 
of the hotel. So he was actually hired by the hotel. Um, the hotel hired a cat um, to to get rid of a, a mouse. Um, and this is actually very important. Uh, the blot is very important. It's uh, it's very it's very good, and I'm very proud of it. Um, Anyway, again, this was Kevin Costello, the writer of the Tom and Jerry movie. Go see it. It's it's going to be great. I love it. Um, crunch, crunch. Hi. Uh, our car phone mounts. Uh, who are them? I was going to, like, give context to this, but now I don't want to. Hey, Who Weekly. Sometimes, sometimes, I suppose. Um, I live in Florida now, and I don't really drink coffee that much anymore, but I'm originally from Massachusetts, and it's just gotten chilly enough down here to give me the, like, nostalgia craving to be a basic Lillander, drink some iced coffee in cold weather. So, of course, I went to Dunk's, and I noticed that they have, like, a very stripped-down, like, savory sandwich menu from what I remember growing up. It looks like they only kept, like, the savory vents, like bagels, English muffins, hash browns. And I remember a lot of the short-lived foods, like the ciabatta sandwich from, like, a decade ago. There were the pretzel buns. There were those wraps that I thought were all really gross. But I was shocked to see that they got rid of their big and toasted on the Texas toast. I mean, like, toast is a them. Texas toast is just thick-cut toast, but I guess it's kind of hooey. So I need a verdict from experts. Is Texas toast a who or a them? and no one belongs in balloons. They're terrifying. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, has Pete Buttigieg streamed Chromatica yet? Thanks. Crunch, crunch.